With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Bet with Tote and support racing in the UK and Ireland. Irish Grand National Weekend. It's also... Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, Andrew Blair White. Happy Easter, Andrew. Thank you very much for sending the basket of Easter eggs. Much appreciated. Happy Easter, Roy DeLarge. Good Friday, mate. Nothing happy about Good Friday. (laughs) They have mourning. They have fasting. (laughs) They have abstinence. (laughs) Oh, man. Thanks for the Easter eggs. Much appreciated. Anyway, it's a good fairy house, shall we? And um, some pretty... Well, we've got a small preview this weekend, but a high-class one, to say the least. Uh, Andrew Blair-White, in particular, is very, very excited about one certain race. But we'll we'll start with the 3.30, just to briefly touch on the... National Hunt Stallion Owners EBF Novice Handicap Hurdle Series Final, which is worth 29500 to the winner. Not bad if you can get it. Andrew, who did you come down on in the end? Yeah, look, it's a notoriously tricky handicap. Uh, plenty of these in with chances. Uh, I, I thought it might be worth siding with one near enough the bottom of the way. It's a horse called Dunboyne, uh, trained by Sneezy Foster Keith Dunn, who uh, is on this horse. I just quite liked the way uh, he did it the last day in Tarlis. He beat a Paul Nolan horse called Mercury Lane who's gone on and, and won a maiden at, at Limerick by around 30 lengths and Meticulous was back in third that day I know he has to face Meticulous again but he's getting a bit of weight off that rival and I think he'd be able to confirm that form uh, he, he's a nice type of horse he won a Tattersall's point to point on soft ground so I think this step up to three miles has been what he needed um, he was second to Bob Ollinger in a maiden hurdle over, over two and a half then second to Capadano over two miles and then they stepped him right up and tripped to 2-7 the last day and he looked to relish that. So I think there's more to come from this horse over three miles. There's a few in here lurking, uh, the likes of a Falcano, who I know there was, there was oh. quite a lot of money for um, in the Martin Pipe. Mm. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see. He obviously didn't get further than the first. It'd be interesting to see how he can back up. Jack Kennedy rides him. Uh, even Judy Stowaway down at, right at the foot of the weights wouldn't be without a squeak either. But I think this Dunboyne, I think there's there's more to come for this horse over three miles. I think it'd be a nice staying chaser in time, the type that will run in the, the Paddy Power and the Thiestes and those sort of races. Uh, so I want to keep the right side of it. It wouldn't surprise me if he was to go very well. That's Saturday. I just about side with Fulcan and uh, as you said Jack Kennedy's on board right that takes us to the 250 on Sunday so this is the grade 2 over 2 miles the devil's coachman who unfortunately missed Cheltenham was fancied by many 4-0 Mead who's very much on a resurgence mission this season William Mullins has got Echoes in Rain the mayor uh, with Paul Townend on board and uh, there's a couple of others here that 
as Andrew would say, are lurking. Rory, your thoughts on the grade two novices hurdle, 250 Ferry House. I was keen on the Devil's Coachman. Um, I shall know that I was hoping he was going to go to the uh, to the county hurdle um, in the first place rather than uh, the Supreme, where he would have faced a pretty tough task, as we have to admit, after the event. Um, but he'd been impressive prior to that. I really like the way he did it at Punchestown when uh, he beat French Light. French Light obviously got disqualified um, because... Uh, no one, no one can work out um, whether horses should carry penalties for wins in foreign countries, or indeed where foreign countries are and stuff like that. Um, but that was, you know, that, that was uh, that was a good effort. Um, it's not the easiest form to get a handle on because he was um, uh, the race was run at a bit of a crawl and then turned into a sprint. But it's interesting that he put the race to bed once um, by by um, coming away from his field from the last hurdle uh, and then he idled in front and then uh, French Light came came at him pretty hard um, and you know you wouldn't have you wouldn't have been terribly disappointed if he'd um, if it ended up sort of scrambling home or getting beaten in a, in a sprint finish having been blindsided but I thought he um, I thought he quickened really well uh, for a second time and it's a sign of a very good horse to be able to quicken twice in a race um, and he uh, he just he just saw the other horse uh, out of the corner of his eye and thought oh here we go and picked up again instantly. Like, that's a really good sign. There's a lot more to come from him. Um, uh, he shouldn't need heavy ground. Um, elusive Pimpernels tend to want a bit of dig in the ground, um, but you know he's he's a, a, a decent flat performer and um, Devil's Coach was out of a Selkirk mare as well. So he's you know the need for a bit of cut in the ground is obviously there, but he's it's not exactly a heavy ground pedigree. So um, I wouldn't be too worried about the ground. Um, the, the other one that I want to give a mention to here is is Master McShee, um, who um, I quite fancied um, to to run well in the uh, in the Chanel Pharma um, last time out, but he bled there. Now his previous form has worked out has worked out very well, um, and he you know he looked a very very good horse in his previous two starts. Uh, he was a, a very easy winner. Um, in the uh, the Paddy Parr movie, I like the Misery Handicap Hurdle at Christmas time, uh, when he won by by five lengths, um, giving weight away to the likes of Sea Joker and, and uh, the White Glass Flyer. And uh, as I said, yeah, his his um, his previous efforts had had uh, worked out well. Beat Atlantic Ferry um, for his maiden hurdle, and of course he was he was the only horse um, to give appreciated a race. Um, at Cork prior to that the pair of them coming miles clear he was any price you liked that day Master Mishy for uh, uh, for the Cork Riyard 50 to 1 SP you could have backed him at about 300 plus um, on the exchanges pre-race there you're on an absolute cracker um, to go down by two and a half lengths now the winner had a fair bit in hand um, it's fair to say but that still puts Master Mishy up as a horse with um, with a decent chance but the the problem is the fact the fact that he bled last time right Mm. Um, you don't really know whether it's a one-off or whether it's going to be a recurring issue and it puts you off backing him but he's a horse I'd love to see him win you know it'd be great to see a small yard um, win a race like this and and, um, and, you know it's it's very much a a corkery family thing Uh, they've made it clear that they've got no intention ever of selling the horse you know, there's there's decent money in in, in um, you know they could have sold him after uh, he'd won on his, his handicap debut for big money, um, but the attitude is we're only going to get a horse like this once in a lifetime, um, so we're going to hold on to him. So I'd love to see him come good. It'd be a real shame if um, if physical issues ended up derailing his career. Well said, Roy. I again now kind of want to roll in with him. That being said, I'll be backing Echoes and Rain with the hood on. I think, unless Andrew Blair White agrees with you, in which case. 
lump on job. Yeah, I'll be singing from the, the same hymn sheet as Rory, I must say, with, with the two he's mentioned. Oh! <laughs> the, the, the devil's coachman's look, he's probably going to be pretty short. You, you can probably pick holes in his last two wins as well, but he's just given off the illusion that there's still plenty left in the tank. And I feel the likes of Echoes in rain could actually set this race up for him. I think he wants a good gallop to aim at. He got that when he won his uh, Cork Maiden hurdle. Actually, uh, Grand Bornan to... Uh, is back in this race went off at a crazy clip that day and he he picked him up very impressively uh, I think there's still a plenty more to come from him as much as it was a disappointment because I'd have been similar I would have liked to have seen him in the county hurdle I think for a horse like this probably not the worst thing that he's ended up missing Cheltenham uh, he can probably go here and then maybe onto the grade one punch of stem at the end of the year and uh, have have a good chance in both of them before you know, I, I don't know whether they'll end up going novice chasing or whether they'll stay hurdling with them next year maybe go novice chasing uh, but he's a very exciting horse and I, I absolutely love Master McShee uh, I was actually quite ho- hoping that after he won at Christmas time that he'd go and run in the I think it's the is it the Paddy Power or the Carl Hurdle, whatever the big handicap is, um, at the Dublin Racing Fest, whatever it's called now, the two mile handicap. The old Pierce Hurdle. Yeah, exactly. Um I still thought of a mark of hundred and forty three. I couldn't see what was gonna beat him in that. Uh he went for the grade one, um, and he did bleed, but I still think there's a, a very good horse in there. Um I'd probably be a little bit more uh, you know, as Rory says, you can't ever say with these horses whether they're not going to do it again. But I, I'd probably back them each way in this race. I think because of the connections, you're always going to get a slightly uh, better price than, than maybe uh, the horse deserves to be. And, and I'd certainly be taking an each way uh, price about him. Uh, but I think the Devil's Coachman could be uh, very hard to beat in this, to be honest. I think he's a very nice horse for Noel Mead. And as you said, Emmett, you know, Noel Mead's had, had a very good season this year and it would be good to see this horse make up into being a, a proper grade one horse in time. Yeah, big time. Um, the man works hard and it would be nice to see him back. Uh, and was Irish champion trainer for years, so it would be nice to see him uh, back in the big time. Um, he did get really close to appreciate it, to be fair to him, Master McShee, early in his career. Uh, and when I say early, I mean November. So it would be, um, could be a massive performance here. And uh, let's do the reverse forecast. Let's do the box exacta. And uh, hope for the best, shall we? The 350. Uh, again, I'd love to be giving you prices for these. I'd love to be giving you prices for these. Nobody wants to bet on these races. So here we go. The two mile four, a column Quinn BMW novice hurdle, grade two. Is this Galway? Uh, we got Ashdale Bob, Grand Parrot D. Um, we've got uh, a horse from the Willie Mullins stable that could be anything again, type of job. Ah, oh, we'll talk all day. Uh, Gentleman's Game is in here from Mouse Morris, who I really, really like, and as does, uh, it should be mentioned, uh, Mr. Uh, Paul Ferguson. So, um, and the other horse I should mention from his yard, uh, who I am seriously interested in, is Get My Drift for Mouse Morris and Mark Walsh. Uh, I don't think it was a surprise that he won his maiden hurdle at Leopardstown, even though he was having his third run in a maiden hurdle. You know what I'm saying there. Uh, anyway, 
Uh, thoughts on the race, Andrew? Yeah, uh, it's, it's a very good race, I think. Uh, I think Grand Paradis has made up into being a, a, a smashing-looking horse, especially going right-handed. Uh, this year he's three for three going right-handed and, and has looked very good uh, in each occasion. Ashdale Bob's on a bit of a recovery mission. Uh, he looked smart at the start of the season. It's all kind of gone wrong. Agalit Iman, uh, he, he's a horse that, that's just going to be suited by a fence in time, really. He really didn't jump very well at Nace when he won his maiden hurdle. He was very high. Uh, I just don't think he's going to get away with that in this type of a race. That, that withstanding, he does have a, a fair engine. Uh, I, I was look. I really enjoyed seeing that, that Rachel Blackmore's booked up on Gentleman's Game here, uh, and I think he takes the world to beat in this race. Perhaps a step back down to two and a half miles won't be quite ideal, but look, this is a horse I hold in the highest regard. I've, I've actually um, I've backed him for next year's Brand Advisory Novices Chase. I think he's that good. I think the fact that he's mi- missed Cheltenham this year is is gold dust. The f- five-year-old's records in the Albert Bartlett is dismal. And it can sometimes ruin good horses as well. So I quite like the fact that Mouse Morris has been a little bit old-fashioned probably in, in sidestepping Cheltenham with, with this horse. Uh, you only have to look back at his point-to-point form at Curramore where he beat Balco Coastal who won a bumper for Nicky Anderson by, I think, 17, 18 lengths. I think he's a, a very um, high-profile horse to look at for next season as well. And also, uh, I'd, I'd be with you, especially if you get an each-way price on Get My Drift. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought he was very impressive at Leopardstown. I think the Gorham form uh, with C. Ducker and Gallop and Deschamps is, is very good. And probably for, for Mouse's standards, you know, he rocked up in a maiden hurdle around Wexford, I think, at 25-1 to 1 early in the season. And Mouse's horses usually would take a, a run or two to... Um, to progress so it was good to see that he could get the job done at Leopardstown a bit of nicer ground also will suit him so I'd probably take the two against the field but I, I really think this gentleman's game is a is a smashing horse going forward and uh, I, I'd really hope that he might get the job done here and maybe put him away uh, for a very exciting novice chase campaign next year It was a massive run at the Dublin Racing Festival it was also a, a, nice to see the form franked because Bob Ollinger looked a machine on the day by uh, Gellier de Mazil. So, Rory, are you of a similar mindset to Andrew Blair White, or are you approaching this from a completely different angle? Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw up a different selection here, but not not because I disagree. Um, I think he is the um, you know if there's if there's a real star in this race, it's liable to be gentleman's game, and he deserves um, uh, plenty of respect. I suspect he's going to be a reasonably short price favourite, though. Uh, could be wrong there, uh, with no with no betting on offer. But I thought there might be a bit of value in backing Gabby Nacko. Oh, um, another one who um, uh, who didn't last very long at Cheltenham. Um, he was hampered and um, uh, lost his rider at the very first hurdle in the Martin Pipe. Um, but the significant thing there was that he was he was punted off the boards uh, as if a big run was expected. Um, He'd been disappointing in his previous start, but the fact that he was um, that Gavin Cromwell has come back to form in the last um, the last few weeks is, is probably very significant. Um, and you know, he, he was back as if they were expecting a career best effort from him there. Um, and you know, his uh, uh, his third in the uh, the Lawless of Nace is hardly a bad piece of form uh, behind Bob Wallinger and, and Blue Lord. Um, but I think he might even be be better than that bare form. Uh, and um, yeah, it wasn't just Cheltenham for, for Gavin Cromwell he didn't send many horses across and those he did ran, ran uh, tremendously well 
but I think of his last uh, 19 runners um, over jumps, seven of them have won. Jesus. Uh, so that's a sign of a yard really, really hitting form after a difficult patch. Um, I, I must admit that I was slightly blindsided by the Cromwell yard at, um, at Cheltenham. Um, I didn't, I didn't greatly fancy them, but obviously um, Gavin had had uh, issues with the with the team early in the season, and he had them in the horses he took across to Cheltenham had in tremendous order. And as I said, the way Gabby Naka was backed uh, for the Martin Pipe suggested that a, a big big run was expected from him there as well. Um, and even if he just runs to the level of the form he showed in that um, uh, in that Lauders of Nice, um, he'd be he'd be going close here anyway. Uh, so I think he might be the value. Um, given how the race is liable to be priced up. But again, you know, there's a bit of guesswork involved there. Given the fact that Gavin Cromwell was telling anybody who would listen to him that Florian Porter, Vanillier and Gabinaco were working the house down and that he fancied the three of them really strongly from the Thursday onwards at Cheltenham. Wasn't surprised to see Gabinaco got uh, punted off the boards when the other two had won. So, um, it, and it's significant that they're bringing him out this quickly as well and not just holding around um, he did fall at the first so fascinating race all around uh, gentleman's game uh, get my drift and Gabin Echo uh, there's your shortlist and uh, go do your damage the underwriting exchange gold cup novice chase grade one number two mile four Asterian Falange's favourite Andy Dufresne fours conflated sevens Franco Deport who was last beaten 40 lengths that cannot have been his running beyond Shishkin at uh, Cheltenham is uh, 8 to 1 it'll be a cold day in hell before I take 5 to 4 about a steering phalange in a grade 1 Andrew Blair White so I'm kind of kicking myself that it was pretty obvious that this race was going to cut up. It was pretty obvious that latest exhibition was going to go elsewhere. And yet I still didn't bag Handy Dufresne. And now I'm stubborn and I'm probably just going to sit there and watch him win at four to one when I should have taken the sevens during the week. Yeah, it's hard to know. Like during the week, um, you obviously had both latest exhibition and an ergamine in the race. Um, certainly based off prices, it looked like an ergamine was going to run, but uh, they haven't gone here. Uh, I, I'd be with you. Look, I think a steering for launch has, has all the ability in the world. And if he was on a going day and put it all together, I think he's the best horse in this, in this lot by quite a bit. But would you take five to four? No, you wouldn't. Um, I've got just a bit of a thing with Andy Dufresne to be honest I think he's just a grade 2 grade 3 horse uh, he just constantly disappoints when they they up him in class I know this mightn't be um, one of the world's great grade 1 novices chase but I'm actually uh, quite keen on one of the price in this uh, Cedarwood Road at, at 12 to 1 I think is a, is a cracking each way bet actually um, I love the way he's being campaigned by Garoda Lachlan very similar to the way he was over hurdles uh, started with a bit of a midland run in beginner's chase at Nace, didn't jump overly well. I was then second behind the big getaway at Christmas, jumping an awful lot better, and then won at Gore on the last day. His jumping still needs improvement, especially stepping up into grade one level. But a couple of these, you know, steering for Lange and Franco de Porter are backing up pretty quickly after runs at Cheltenham. Scarlet and Dove has had a fairly hard campaign by now. Uh, Janet Dale's coming off the back of a very hard fall at, at the Dublin Racing Festival. So, um, conflated, I think, needs to go the other way round. I, I can't understand how he's 7-1, to one, considering he needs to go left-handed. Um, so, I think Cedarwood Road comes into the reckoning here as, as a very good price. Uh, he won a, a listed race, I believe, at the end of last year at Nace, when he beat Beacon Edge and in Tukas. That form looks 
pretty rock solid at this stage and I think they've always held this horse in extremely high regard. Uh, he does like a bit of nicer ground. He's been quietly prepared all year for the spring festivals in Ireland. And I think just because it's potentially because it's Garodo Lachlan, maybe he doesn't have the, the flashiest name and the flashiest form going into this race. You're getting a double figure price, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the market cottons on by off time and he's a single figure price and I'm certainly going to be uh, taking the 12 to 1 each way about him because I think he's got a massive chance Oh, a massive chance says Andrew Blair White about a 12 to 1 shot who has been clipped in from 14s by some firms Rory Yeah, I, I agree I agree about uh, the comments about uh, Andy Dufresne I think he's um, there's, he doesn't have the substance to his form that, that his reputation um, would merit um, they, they've deliberately avoided Cheltenham a couple of times with him. Um, he just looks—he just looks a little bit soft. He kind of actually looks good, at, as you said, in in in, in um, these weak sort of grade two, grade three events. Um, but in the um, uh, in the melting pot of uh, of a proper grade one, I, just, I don't think he comes up to it. Um, and again, there's, there's a question you can ask about Assyrian for launch as well. But I think he'd be a lot happier going right-handed again. Um, I think he's he's run to a to a very solid level in his last couple of starts um, at uh, at Leperstown and at Cheltenham, and um, he didn't do a hell of a lot wrong uh, last time out. Um, obviously, our race was weakened by by um, the fall the fall of Envoy Allen, um, and arguably the way the race was run after that uh, would have suited him better than most. But you know the big issue with Asterion for launch. Um, has been his jumping and it hasn't been a massive problem in his last two starts um, I think it'll be better going this way around as well and I think he's he's got a uh, he's got a favourite chance of winning uh, again I, I don't want to be piling into him at a very short price um, but I think this is his, his an obvious opportunity for him to um, to get his career back on track uh, again I would have no um, I would have no argument with the comments made about Cedarwood Road either um, you know, this is a this is a yard that I was um, uh, keen on uh, last year. Um, and I think he is liable to go under the radar, um, but there are there are decent horses uh, coming Garrod's way, um, particularly in the in the Jones colours. Uh, there have been a lot of very very good horses um, carrying these uh, colours down the years, um, mostly historically in the uh, in the Arthur Moore yard. Um, but now you're seeing um, you're seeing decent horses every year. Um, for Garrett O'Loughlin and, uh, and Cedarwood Road is the type to do a fair bit better um, than he has already over fences whether he is a, a grade one performer is another matter uh, altogether but I would I would um, I would fancy his chances of outrunning his odds here in saying that I'd still stick with Asterion for launch here you, I think you need a better price than you're probably getting at the moment um, but there are plenty of people who, who want to take him on I think he ends up being a realistic price on the day. Um, so if that's the case, then then I'd be inclined to uh, to give him another chance. But it's it's not a it's not a race, all things considered, to to be um, getting massively involved in. Um, uh, but with the nine runners, yeah, I think I think Andrew's probably dug out the value bet there. Um, if Cedarwood Road is is twelves, uh, then that looks that looks very good each way value. As I said, I want to be against Andy Dufresne. There'll be plenty of people who want to be against Asterion for launch as well. Uh, which means the market is liable to change in the next 24 hours. But as it stands, um, I'll um, I'll go with uh, with Willie's much maligned grey. <laughs> okay. The final forum podcast is proudly brought to you by Toast. 
Looking to bring pool betting back to the masses with better value, brilliant bets, and that slick new app, which again, just check out uh, your browser on your tablet, smartphone, or on your desktop if you can access it in Ireland. With a new tilt guarantee, you will never be paid less than SP on win bets. And of course, if the pool pays more, you'll get the bigger price. It has never been easier to place your favorite bets online, including the place pot and the scoop six. Uh, and of course, as we approach the Irish Grand National and our two experts selections for the race, because the tilt aren't a bookie, they will never stop you from having a big bet, nor will they close down winning accounts. So you are more than welcome. Final Furlong Podcast winners are more than welcome. If you haven't got your account yet, perfect time to join and enjoy a risk-free bet on any of their pools. Terms and conditions apply. Tote.co.uk for more information is the same as tote.ie, the Irish Grand National. All right. Latest exhibition. You okay here, Andrew? As we go through this latest latest exhibition, seven to one, the big dog with Jamie Codd riding at his lowest weight for 17 years. It clipped into seven to one with some firms and eights from the twelves that was available. Uh, Sempo, who was the original gamble of the race, is about an eight to one shot. Run Wild Fred, nines. Augusta Gold, tens. Coca Beach, twelves. Escara, ten, fourteens. Off you go, sixteens. Court Maid, who I really like, uh, is drifting, sixteens. And, um, Plenty of others. We'll be here all day. Uh, we have to mention Scormar because she's done us some favors over the years. Uh, 25s. And uh, discordantly for the Harringtons, uh, 28s. So, Andrew, there's a picture of you on Twitter lying on the floor just having fainted with pure delight, I suspect, seeing all these high-class horses declared for the Irish Grand National uh, this then means who are you going to side with? It was it was a combination of delight and dread um, because anyone that, that knows me well would know the latest exhibition and Run Wild Fred are probably my two sons of horse racing and um, it's it's the equivalent of having to pick between the two. Um, I think both of them have, have massive chances. Look, latest exhibition, I think seven to one is not the worst price in the world, to be honest. Um, he's um, in his top weight, but he's obviously the class horse in the race. You could argue a mark of 153. Like, I'm glad the Nolans are rolling the dice because with a horse like this, you'll get a one one chance in his lifetime. He's going to run in a handicap of 153. Uh, very, very similar to our Duke a couple of years ago. Um, eerily similar, really, having run in the Neville Hotels and then the Flow Gas and then Miss Cheltenham. And, and our Duke won this race by 14 lengths off 153. I'm not for a second saying the latest exhibition will do that uh, because he is a bit of a grafter and he doesn't ever win by too far. But I, I think you bounce this horse out plenty prominent and, and don't let him get involved in the hustle and bustle. And I, I think he, he's very, very classy and could well be just too good for some of these. Um, as, as the market would suggest, I know he's the joint favourite, so I'm not telling people something that they don't already know but uh, I think he's got a, a great chance and I, I do believe Run Wild Fred's uh, got, got pounds in hand uh, he would have been my best bet at Cheltenham if he ran in the Kim Muir off 140 uh, I couldn't comprehend how he'd have been beaten in that race uh, but they've obviously come here uh, off a mark of 140 as well it's a bigger pot you can't begrudge uh, the O'Leary's for doing that he's Jack Kennedy's pick as well uh, and he had a couple of decent enough options that I suspect he could have been on 
I think he's got a great chance. I, I see that there's just been there's, a, there's been a lot of um, talk and a lot of money on the likes of Sempo and the big dog. For me, both of them would need to jump an awful lot better, especially Sempo. I think that the, the shrewd punters that seem to have gotten absolutely ploughed into him have forgotten that he's unseated twice this year already. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, and to be honest, doesn't look like his jumping is improving that that much. Now, I do... I do understand he's probably well handicapped and he has been running over the wrong trip. Uh, but I'd be more concerned that there's 22, 25 fences ahead of him here in, in this race rather than what handicap mark he's on. Uh, I, I, I would actually, like I know, I'd usually be trying to get stuck into something at a much bigger price. Uh, and I know latest exhibition and run while Fred are, are first and fourth in the market or something, but I don't think you'd be going too far wrong. And to be honest, it'd be uh, baked beans for a couple of weeks in my household. If the two of them are out of the frame, Tesco noodles for basically a month. I fully see where you're coming from. The question is, does Roy Delargue agree with you? Uh, lot to agree on there. I'm going to make this really simple. Um, latest exhibition or nothing oh uh, damn really, as, as well you know from last year um, really really liked it. I think he should have gone to Cheltenham I think he would have won at Cheltenham had he gone to Cheltenham um, because for once Monkfish wasn't quite on his game um, even after that Paul Nolan was saying yeah but he's, he still won didn't he, he still won. Monkfish still won so it showed that I was right not taking him on Um and fair enough. At least he is. I've been a little bit critical of of of, um, uh, of Paul dodging um, dodging monkfish and and uh, you know missing possible options with Disco Rama. But in fairness to him, he's rolling the big dice with the two big horses in his yard in the Irish Grand National and the Grand National in successive weeks. Um, and I very much I, I'll be invested in both of those both um, financially and uh, emotionally. Um, really like latest exhibition. He was he was knocked an awful lot last season and people said, oh, he's, he's a bad jumper, he doesn't have any scope. And I don't, I, I just don't, I don't agree with that at all. He's not the biggest in the world, um, but he's got a lovely jump in him. Uh, and even when he was wrong occasionally over hurdles, what I liked about him a lot last year was how quickly he got he got back in rhythm again. You know, he could he could meet a hurdle wrong, but he'd be clever and he'd get away from it quickly. And people would say, "Oh, he's made a mistake there." But I'd point out he's actually gained half a length if you look at at, at where he's coming from when he won at um, um, at Leopardstown, uh, the Dublin Racing Festival last year. I, um, I thought that um, that he did it really nicely. I was really, I was impressed by his jumping. I think he's very professional. Yes, there are bigger horses around, but bigger isn't always better. Um, and you know the fact that we're in, a, in an age where elevens don't ten as a top weight in a race like this, it's not that much of a deal. And you're thinking, I suppose there's an automatic reaction to think uh, he's going to be given loads of weight away to something here and find something that's, that's getting getting chunks. But actually, you know, you, you're going down a long way before he's giving more than a stone away uh, to anything. And in fact, you you know you're not you're 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 into um, uh, you're into the, the bottom weights getting 16 pounds here and they wouldn't be the same class as him and I don't think giving 16 pounds away is a, is a massive deal when you've looked you know, in the history of this race horses being asked to give 35 pounds away um, and doing it successfully um, in the uh, uh, in the in the 50s and 60s um, when when uh, Tom Draper was winning this race every single year uh, so carrying 11 stone 10 with a very very fair handicap mark of 153 um, 
you know, we we were looking at, yeah, as I said, I think he could have won the RSA if he'd gone for a, the, sorry, the, uh, uh, no, 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 you're okay. Stick with that. That's fine. That's fine. Definitely, definitely not the RSA. He could have won a Sheldon if he'd gone for that. And, and bear in mind, the horse who did pick up the pieces of that race last year was rated 165 afterwards. He's rated 153 here. Um, I, just, I just think he's got a big class edge. I think the grind will be perfect for him as well. Um, obviously, you know, a lot can go wrong in a massive field in a race like this. Um, but as Andrew says, I think, I think what what I would do if if, um, if I was in charge of tactics here is just get him out of trouble, get him get him towards the front end. There'll be one or two who'll, who'll lead him. Um, but rather than sitting back in the field and hoping for luck, um, just go forward and use his, use his undoubted class. Um, and uh, get him, get him on the on or close to the front end. Um, I expect him to jump well, and I think he'll have a bit too much class. What you don't want to be doing um, when you're trying to give lumps of weight away is giving first run and twenty lengths to horses who you've then got to get into overdrive to catch. I think you've got to be using um, using your head, um, and making sure that you're not giving away grind to other horses um this this notion of um of holding horses up who, who've got lots of weight uh, to preserve their their stamina and look after the fact that they they're, they're conceding weight generally speaking doesn't work um because fundamentally you've got to get the pace right you've got to you've got to know where you are you've got to be in the right place in the race and if you concede first run um it's a lot harder to accelerate with a big weight than it is to maintain your speed with a big weight that's physics that is um so hopefully uh, he'll be handy throughout. His career record is is just a tremendously likable one, um, and I think sometimes the obvious answer is staring you in the face, and that is very much the case here with latest exhibition in the Irish National. When Rory said that, Andrew, what was your reaction? Oh, uh, of incredible joy, I must say. Um, yeah, no, I, I'd echo everything he he was saying just about about latest exhibition. I, I've loved him, you know, ever, ever since he. He he blew the the Andy Dufresne hype train uh, down the down the tubes at Navan last year as a novice hurdler. Like he's just an extremely likable horse. And I think you know for the Nolans, you know that the, they're two. Uh, Paul and James are two of the most popular men in in Irish racing. I think it'd be great for the game um, if if they were to win the Irish National Lunch. As Rory was saying with Discorama, I have history with him as well, so I probably would be rowing in on it. Uh, but um, no, you got to hope that, that it happens. It, it would, so I think it'd be better for the game, Paul Nolan winning the Irish National, than you know Willie Mullins or Denise Foster, or Henry de Bromage, you know, the bigger yards. I think it'd be, it'd be great uh, if he could go and do it. And top weights winning these big handicaps, you see very few grade one horses these days running handicaps off top weight. Um, and uh, I'd like to see that, that, um, that kind of reasoning and idea being just justified. Cheapies his first time? Ah, yeah, I'd say that's just to, to keep him concentrated. You know, he's, um, he can be a little bit lethargic just in the middle part of races, and sometimes it takes a bit of time to be wound up, but uh, I think this trip could see at the best in them. And they've always, I think at the start of the season, for, for some reason or another, I had it in my head that he might want really soft ground. And as the year's gone on, they've made it more and more clear how much he wants better ground. Uh, so I think that the ground come Monday, I don't think there's much rain forecast for the weekend. So no. I think the ground could be absolutely ideal. It'd probably be... Uh, yielding ground, which which mightn't suit some of the others in this race, who, who probably would want you know the likes of the big dog and stuff for like that want proper soft ground. So 
I think there's so much in his favour. And to be honest, seven to one, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if on the day he goes off seven to two. Actually, I was, our, our Duke was punted off the boards the year he won. Like I just of all the horses in this race that could go off, you know, less than five to one, it, it's only going to be him. Well, you've got Semple at sevens and latest exhibition at sevens. Well, one can jump at least. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, gee, I wonder which one of the two I'm going to choose there. Thanks very much. Um, uh, three of the last six winners were single figure prices and just happened to be favoured as well. Now, the favourite thing I hate, but single figure prices, that's interesting because just goes to show you that there's been plenty of fancy horses have won this race over the years. Plenty of. Uh, whereas when it comes to Aintree, sometimes you do need that little bit of luck. So I then have to ask the two of you, are you going to do the double, the Nolan Grand National in the same year double, Ferry House Aintree? Uh, yes. <gasps> uh, I've already, and in fairness, I'm already, I'm already on um, uh, Discorama at 40s or 40s and 50s for the Grand National. Jesus Christ, Rory. Um, so, um, so it's it's more a case of uh, of uh, of a couple of reasonable singles um, than um, than doubling them up because it wasn't it wasn't clear that latest exhibition would would run in the race earlier. Otherwise, uh, I might have I might have done that. But you don't get um, you don't you don't often find uh, extra value by by backing stable companions to win. Uh, uh, to win different Grand Nationals in the space of a week. Although there's any bookmakers out there who want to, uh, they want to offer special odds, they're, uh, they're welcome to get in touch. <laughs> Contact Delargy now. He's standing by the phone. Andrew, I presume you're just definitely doing the double. Ah, yeah, I would be. Uh, I, I have backed the two of them uh, individually. I, I haven't doubled them up yet, but uh, I probably will do just... Hoping for the best, and uh, yeah, no, I think discoram has got a, a cracking chance in, in the national next week. Uh, off a nice enough racing weight, so um, I'm, I'm sure, especially uh, if Leisure's exhibition was to go and, and win on Monday, the the current price of I think you can still get 25s, 33s by discoram. You wouldn't be able to get that. Uh, if latest exhibition goes and wins. Yeah, I wouldn't hold on too much longer there, mate. I'd get stuck in fairly quickly if I were you. If you're going to do that double, seeing as both of you, seeing as, first of all, you're all over latest exhibition, and then Rory comes in and just goes, well, it's like this. It's latest exhibition or boss. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you're both backing the Nolan double. I'd be doing it now, basically, is what I'm saying to you. You've got about... 20 minutes before this podcast goes live so like get stuck in obviously gamble responsibly and all that malarkey we're done I'm just following the two lads in uh, happy days <laughs> it's uh, all about latest exhibition now on the Grand National and that's that lads thanks so much for your company uh, really enjoyed it Fairy House looks set to be uh, a fantastic meeting this year hopefully uh, we will have plenty of gravy to celebrate and uh, we're going to be talking about the Grand National itself next week as well so there's lots of grade one jumps actions still to come lots of uh, proper jumping actions still to come and um, i'm looking forward to chatting to both of you about it andrew blair white rory delargy two legends looking forward to chatting to you soon including you andrew which is on tuesday thank you very much thanks just a few stories for us to 
discuss, Andrew. Just a couple of stories have come out in racing recently to discuss on Tuesday. Oi, oi, oi. But particularly the uh, first of the Nolan National Doubles going in. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did and you appreciate the lads' work, retweet, like, subscribe, all that malarkey. Uh, But we'll chat to you again on Tuesday. Have a great Easter, proper Easter, and we'll talk to you soon. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Try Tote today and get a risk-free bet on the pools.